Hey there, podcast listeners. We have a special treat for you today. Uh, about four times a year, we have what we call a kid-friendly sermon. Uh, it happens during school holidays. And basically, I pitch the sermon such that the kids really get the first half and uh, I, I make some extra comments to the adults at the end. It's an unusual kind of sermon, but it's one that seems to work for our congregation and I hope it's of benefit to you too. Anyway, here's the sermon. Please pray with me. Father, we know that we live in a time, in an age of conflict. It fills our news, sometimes it fills our hearts. And the Bible is very honest, plain, straight talking about conflict and disagreement. And Father, we pray, would you please speak to us by your spirit and in your word today, that we might better know how to live in purity and truth for you uh, in a contested and confused world full of conflict. We pray that our Christian lives would be a little simpler as a result of hearing and heeding your word this morning. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now kids, what I'd like to do today um, is talk about a bit of a grown-up topic, a bit of a grown-up kind of an idea, but I think it's a very important idea that even kids need to know about and it'll probably, even if you haven't thought much about it so far in life, you're going to need to know it soon, okay kids? So I'm going to be speaking to you and let me, let me tell you what the topic is that we're particularly going to be talking about today. I'll just tell you right up front. Some people, here it is, some people believe very weird and wonky things about Jesus, but in the Bible, we have God's truth about Jesus. So, stick to the Jesus that you have learned from the Bible. And as for those wonky ideas, those weird ideas, those ideas that other people have, forget about them, bin them, don't worry about them. That's the guts of it. That's what we're going to be talking about today, all right? Uh, now, are you ready? Come with me in today's Bible passage, Galatians chapter 1 is the passage you need to have open in front of you uh, if you're um, following along in the text, because it tells a little story. It tells an important little story about what goes wrong when people stop taking God's Word for it, when they stop taking God's word for it and instead they start listening to these wonky ideas, these weird ideas, these strange ideas. Now, are you ready? Come with me into that. Uh, come with me to a place called Galatia. Galatia. Uh, perhaps, uh, how about you guys over here? You can be Galatia for me, okay? That's your job. Be Galatia. And I, just for now, I will be Paul, okay? The Apostle Paul, the one who wrote this little bit of the Bible. So you're Galatia and I'm Paul and what I'll do is I will come and I'll visit you and I'll bring the good news. I'll bring the good news about Jesus to you. Now in those days they didn't have Bibles, uh, um, not in the same way that we do today anyway, but nevertheless Paul came to the Galatians and he preached to the Galatians and he spoke to them about Jesus and they loved it. They enjoyed hearing about Jesus, many of them, men and women, boys and girls, uh, Jews and Gentiles, believed in Jesus and were saved by the gospel. It was wonderful, well done, good on you. New churches were started all over the place in Galatia, a church over here, people in that city love Jesus, people up the back, they love Jesus, 
lots of new Christians in Galatia. But now the problem is, Paul's got to go. He's got to go and preach in other places because the world's bigger than Galatia and the gospel's for everyone. And so Paul's got to go. Bye Galatians, see you later. I'm off to preach somewhere else. Now we're into it. This could get out of hand, you (laughs) realise. While he's gone, indeed, while he's gone, while I'm over here preaching to this other city, this other region, in sneak some different people into Galatia, in sneak some different people into the churches of Galatia and they have some pretty weird ideas about Jesus. While Paul is off preaching to other people, in sneak these other folks who don't believe the gospel that Paul taught, who don't believe the same things, who have some wonky ideas. Oh, that Paul guy, yeah, we know about him, but he didn't really teach you all the things about Jesus. Let me teach you some more about him. Oh, yeah, that Paul guy, we've heard of that, but let me tell you the full gospel. Let me tell you the rest that he didn't get around to telling you about. This is the kind of thing that they were saying. Oh, Paul's gospel, that's okay, but did he tell you that you have to do this and you have to do that, that you boys, you need to be circumcised, that you all, you need to follow these laws, that you have to follow these rules. Oh, you still do that? Oh, no, 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 you need to do something else now. It's not as simple as trusting Jesus, they were saying. Now, what do you think? Do you think the Galatians are going to go along with these ideas? Do you think the Galatians are going to believe these ideas, that they're going to trust in this new gospel, this different gospel, this snuck-in, sneaked-in gospel? What do you think? Do you think they're going to believe it? Well, let's have a look. This is what Paul wrote to the Galatians. So Paul's over here and he's written a letter and he's sent it by someone to get it to the churches in Galatia. What do you think? Do you think they believe this snuck in gospel? Here we have Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. I am astonished, says Paul, writes Paul to these Galatian Christians. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Do you see? This is terrible. The Galatian Christians, they've lapped up, they've held on to this other gospel, which is really no gospel at all, says Paul. They've believed this nonsense that these other folks have come in with. And then what does he say? Verse 11, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached, it isn't something anyone made up. I didn't receive it from any person, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul is saying, I preach the gospel to you that I heard, not not from my own head, not from another person, not from some sneaky person. I heard it from Jesus himself. That's the Jesus I preach to you. And you're departing from that? I'm astonished. You're so quickly deserting. Are other people trying to sell you a different Jesus? Well, they didn't hear it from Jesus and they didn't hear it from me. Do you see? And so, stick to the Jesus that you learned from me and as for those lies and as for that nonsense, forget about it, bin it, don't worry about it. In Jesus, you've already got 
all that you need. Now, kids, that was way back then. That was with Paul marching about the countryside. What about now? How do we stick to the Jesus of whom we have heard now? How do we stick to Jesus today, the real Jesus? The Jesus that Paul learned from Jesus himself, the gospel that Paul got from Jesus himself and wrote down in our Bibles. How do we stick to that Jesus? Well, let me give you three ideas, three thoughts about how to stick to Jesus. Number one, we stick to Jesus by sticking our noses in the Bible. We stick to Jesus by sticking our noses in the Bible. So learn it and love it because that is where God speaks to us today about the Lord Jesus Christ. Stick to Jesus by sticking your noses in the Bible. If you're big enough to, uh, to read, read for yourself now, and, and many of you guys are, uh, have you started reading the Bible for yourself yet? Some of you older kids, have you started just cracking it up? Some of you are old enough, aren't you? You don't need the Jesus storybooks and the, and, and the kids' Bibles anymore. Now, don't get me wrong, I like those Jesus storybooks and those kids' Bibles. Please do read them as well. What I'm saying is, I reckon you could just read this one. I reckon you could just crack this one open, grab it off the shelf and start reading. My favourite's probably Mark's Gospel. So why not open that up? If you can't find it, look in the contents page, it tells you the page numbers, Mark's Gospel, there it is in my Bible, 833, turn it up and just start reading. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of... Just start reading, why not? You're big enough for it now, some of you. Others of you, well, maybe you're not quite old enough, so how do you stick your noses in the Bible? Let me tell you one way, ask mum and dad to read it. Because if you're still listening to me at the moment, you can hold long enough onto a story to just be holding on to the Bible as it's read by mum and dad. Dad, can we read a bit more of Mark's Gospel before I go to bed tonight? Try it on, see how that goes. Stick to Jesus by sticking your nose in the Bible. Number two, second little idea. Remember this though, not everyone knows the truth about Jesus. Not everyone knows the truth about Jesus. That's okay, we don't need to freak out. Some people have some very weird and wonky ideas about Jesus and they will try to convince you that those ideas are true. That's okay, don't freak out about it. When you hear something that you're not too sure about, about Jesus, and and, and someone's trying to convince you of that, can I give you some advice? Here's what you can do. You can march home to mum or dad, whoever happens to be home, and say, mum, dad, I've got my Bible here and I heard this thing at school today and I don't know if what they said is in here, can you help me find it? Because if it is in there, then I'd better believe it. But if it's not, I can forget about it and let it go. I don't need to worry. Do you see? Simple, elegantly simple. Stick with Jesus by sticking your nose in the Bible and that means realising that there are some wonky ideas, just test them against the Bible and get mum and dad's help with that. Thirdly, lastly, know this, won't you? If you have got Jesus, you have got all you need. You do. Simple Jesus, trusting in Jesus. If you trust Jesus, you've got all you need. There's no one else, you don't need anything else. Stick with Jesus because he's all you'll ever need.
Now, how about we pray together? I've got a few more things to say to the grown-ups, but how about we pray together? Can we do that? Might help to have our hands together, eyes closed, I reckon. God in heaven, thank you that you have given us the good word on Jesus, that in the Bible we have the truth about him, from the people who saw him, from the people who knew about it. We can read it, we can learn it, we can know him, and we can love him as he really is. God, please help us not to worry when strange ideas about Jesus crop up or when people say strange things about Jesus, things that are wrong or that that we're just not sure about. God, please give us a thirst, a desire to know Jesus more and more. And may we live day by day with our noses in your word, in the Bible, and our hearts very much on Jesus. We ask, would you guard us in the truth, please? and grow us up in it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, grown-ups, I'll retreat to the pulpit. Seems a bit safer addressing you from back here. Now, let me take a few extra minutes with you, please. Um, Here's my aim. There's the simple truth, the heart, the nub, the essence, which we've just put before the kids in the playground, as it were, but I reckon we just need to do a little bit of extra work to bring it into the home or into the workplace, into our uni classrooms or our adult lives, wherever it is that we happen to live it out. The kids got the heart of it, stick with Jesus, he is all you'll ever need and don't sweat the wonky ideas. So where is the pointy end for us in the rest of life? I'd just like to explore three avenues with you, three pointy ends, a little trident uh, as it were. So firstly, it's just to say this, The sad reality is this, sooner or later you will hear ideas about Jesus that rattle you, that undermine you, that contradict the Jesus that you have heard and that you have depended upon for your entire life. Now mostly when you hear weird ideas, they're water off a duck's back, aren't they? Doesn't matter, you already know the answer. But just sometimes... Just occasionally, it comes in a form that you're not expecting or that you didn't anticipate or it comes from a person that you never thought you'd hear it from them. Or it comes at a time that we aren't prepared for it or, if we're honest, when our guard is down. And I believe that that threat is real. Yes, it could happen to us. And here's why I think it's real. Two reasons. Number one, if it could happen to them, it could happen to us. Take another look at verse 6, would you please? Verse 6. Keep in mind, would you, who planted that church? In verse 6. Who planted that church? Galatians chapter 1. Who planted it? Who started that church? Who established them in the faith? Who did their spiritual pedigree come from? Are we immune if the Galatians are susceptible? Uh, Chapter 1 verse 6. I'm astonished, writes the Apostle Paul himself. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Do you see? If it can happen to churches planted by none other than the Apostle Paul, if it can happen to churches 
planted by the missionary genius, the grandfather of Christian mission, the apostle to the Gentiles, the eyewitness of the risen Lord Jesus. It can happen to us. Are we so immune? The second reason, though, that I think it can happen to us is just this, we see it all the time. And I say this perhaps particularly to the younger ones, those, you know, 15 to 25 years old, if you're in that kind of a, an area, 15 to 25, then chances are pretty soon you will encounter, if you haven't already, you will have an encounter with a form of Christianity that is far more nuanced and far more robust, with a form of Christianity that is far more compelling than you'd have thought possible for something so different to the gospel that you grew up with. And to top it all off, there'll probably be fringe benefits to boot, if you know what I mean. And it just happens, those are the years when it hits you. And perhaps you'll feel outgunned and perhaps you'll feel kind of small for trusting in the unsophisticated Jesus of your reformed roots, your evangelical roots. Perhaps you'll feel not so much externally sort of um, small or shamed or whatever, but internally a crisis there of identity or sexuality or shame or culture. Don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters. And what I say to you is absolutely the same that I say to everyone. Whether you are 8 or 80, go to God's Word. Is this enticing version of Jesus the one that you received in the Gospel? Is this Jesus the one that you heard of, who you know and love from the testimony of Scripture? Is He the one that Paul met on the road to Damascus? Is he the one that was raised from the dead according to the Scriptures on the third day? Is he? The wonky ideas will come and sometimes they will get under our skin. Second pointy application to life. And this one it lands a bit of an emotional blow, I think, but it's probably the elephant in the room for some of us. Uh, just read with me from verse 6 again. This time I'll read the whole paragraph though. And I wonder, does Paul's assault there, does it push your buttons? Verse 6 of chapter 1, I'm astonished that you Galatians are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Here we go. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. That's heavy, isn't it? Let him be eternally condemned. You know the Greek word very probably, anathema, accursed by God himself. May he fall forever and ever under the terrible eternal damnation of God's judgment. Let that happen to that gospel-twisting person. What do you make of that? Now, let me say, if you're the kind of person who recoils from that language, if you freak out just a little bit, if it sounds awful and almost unlistenable and intolerable uh, almost and horrible to your ears, a reality that you would prefer not to think about, then I think that says something rather telling about the state of your heart. I think 
It tells us that you are a thinking, feeling, normal, compassionate human being who cares for your fellow man very deeply. But do let this sit with us. Paul describes here, does he not, not just the reality for false teachers, but the accursed future for everyone deprived of the saving gospel of Jesus. In a sense, he's not being hostile or nasty or anything of the sort. In a sense, he is being purely descriptive, isn't he? A curse does remain on those who never embrace Christ. A judgment will befall all who perish apart from the gospel of Jesus. And the thing is, uh, to whom else shall we go? They cried. To whom else shall we go, Lord? For you alone have the words of eternal life, John 6. And, And yet, you see, within the comfort of our church circles, of our Christian friendships, of our secluded existence, the bubble that we kind of exist in so much of the time, how quickly we forget, how quickly the desperate urgency of the gospel falls from view. Second prong, now the third. Please, please hear these words loud and clear, loud and clear. For on this rests our hope, on this rests our knowledge of God, nothing less. Verse 11, would you please read it with me, brothers and sisters? I want you to know that the gospel I preach to you, it isn't something man made up. I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, rather I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached isn't something that man made up. I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, what a thing it is to have the gospel, the good news from God himself, and we've got that, we have heard that. Little us down here in the world, we've heard the good news from God, the revelation from God that he's revealed to us. And we have that gospel in our very hands, we have it in our hearts, we have it in our church community, we have it in our heritage, some of us, for generations and generations. What a wonderful thing. We aren't following the stuff that smarty pants preachers cooked up. We aren't swallowing stories concocted by charlatans and crooks and handed through Chinese whispers. No, we have the gospel of God revealed to us from heaven, as it were. We haven't been duped by popular fads that come and go and come and go and come and go. I want you to know, brothers, the gospel I preached isn't something that man made up. I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Do you know the Jesus who Paul met? Then you know the real deal. Have you met the Jesus who Paul and the other apostles preached? Then you've heard of the real deal, the real deal. And he is alive now, he is risen now, he is coming back. You know the real Jesus. Brothers and sisters, does your faith rest on that foundation, on that rock, on that truth? Is the revelation of God in Christ by the power of His Spirit to you, is that your comfort? Is that your joy? Is that your confidence? Paul, an apostle sent from men, sorry, not from men, there we go, Verse 1, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. 
and all the brothers with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord, have mercy on us, we pray. For our hearts and our minds, our memory and our hopes are prone to drift, to drift from this anchor that the God of heaven has revealed himself in a man on earth. Lord, fix our hearts and our minds, please, on Jesus. Fill us increasingly, please, with robust convictions about you and about us and about our world in which we live. Convictions that are true, that are built upon the truth of your word. Guard, please, guard us against error, either in its slipperiness or its syrupy sinfulness. God, we confess that our hearts are a muddle of mixed motivations sometimes when it comes to truth and error. And so, by the power of your Spirit, please grant us the faith to stand with simple Jesus, the one we know, the one we love, the one we've heard of, the one we've received, and on whom we depend. We pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.